Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, I'm Danielle Radojcin, and welcome to this week's edition of My Big Idea, the podcast from ASOS bringing you amazing career advice. Today, I'm talking to Lily Simpson. In 2012, Lily launched the Detox Kitchen as a healthy food delivery service. Today, it has evolved to include two delis, a cookbook and a fitness studio, not to mention a celebrity following and community of dedicated foodies. Want to know how she did it? Here's Lily's big idea. Hi, Lily. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> Good, thanks. How are you? I am not bad Good. Um, for a Tuesday morning. Um, so what have you been up to this week? So this week has started quite busily. I um, all of it. We're going through a big uh, refurb at one of our delis in Soho. So yesterday was taken up mostly by planning, um, planning that, buying lots of interesting things to put on the walls, um, sorting out the staff, sorting out the menus, getting the printing done. So lots of different things. So today. you're quite hands on, involved in all those different things, Very, like the decor and yeah, really hands on with things like that. Um, and then today we'll be mainly looking for new properties. So because um, yeah, you've got two two delis, op- yeah, opened so far, yeah. Um, and how many more are you planning to open? We are hoping to open three, and then by June next year, wow. three more. So we'll be at five by June. Fingers crossed. Is that all for London? All London, yeah. I think we'll stay in London. How do you go about finding a new property? So, a um, combination of things. One one thing we've actually started doing now is literally just walking the streets. So, um, <laughs> walking around areas that I like, um, that I think that we've got great customers, you know, potential customers in, and and then getting an agent to cold call landlords. So, really quite um, sort of hands-on What approach. makes a good location for a deli? Um, a combination of things. I think footfall is obviously really important. So making sure that good, there's good footfall. But also, you know, for me, it's a, a lot about gut instinct. You know, if I see a site and I feel like it could work and it's in the right sort of area. So with our first site, Soho, um, I love Soho. I've worked there for, you know, since I moved to London. Um, so when I saw the site, I just completely fell in love with it. And the footfall actually wasn't that great, but has really improved in the last couple of years. So... It was a good first sight. And then Fitzrovia, which is where our other deli is, um, that, again, was just kind of gut instinct, I think, for me. I just really like the, the building. I like the location. Um, it's a pretty cool area, Fitz, Fitzrovia, and it's definitely sort of up and coming. So, yeah, that was a, a big thing. Hmm. Cause you have a, and you have a concession in Selfridges as well? We do, yeah. Yeah, concession in Selfridges. We're just about to open a bigger concession in Selfridges as well. Wow. And do you ever yeah. think about opening outside of London? I think we will one day. Um, but I would probably be quicker to go to New York than I would to go um, outside of London. Only because I think, you know, being in a big city is really important to us. Uh, you know, it's very much a kind of office-led customer who wants to be super healthy. So, And there's a, there's a great market in new york for that kind of thing so and also i want to go to new york of course all the time right. <laughs> of course um 
So tell me about how the detox kitchen all started. So um, I was working in property and not enjoying it particularly much. So I, um, I started kind of dabbling in catering, did some private catering. Um, and then slowly... Was that because you've always had an interest in food? Yeah, I think I, I've always loved food and I would have loved to have been a chef, but I think being an actual chef would never have suited me that well, just because it's so intense and full-on and such a male-dominated industry. Um, I, I probably, read somewhere that you're, um, you're, you learnt to cook when your parents separated and with your mum was away a lot at work. Yeah, it makes me sound like a sad child growing up. I had a very happy oh, childhood, <laughs> but um, my mum was not a very good cook. So, um, yeah, I cooked a lot, cooked for my brothers. I'd kind of rush home to cook, but I would cook really kind of random stuff, and sometimes it definitely didn't work, but sometimes I think my favourite was uh, I did roasted... Well, the first time I discovered that I could make my own pesto... So I was making pesto with roasted wow. vegetables. How old were you at this My stage? brothers were sick of it. Um, probably about 12, I guess, at that That's age. Impressive. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I absolutely love cooking. My dad was always a really good cook, but he was never around to cook that much. So, um, but on the weekends, he'd always come over with loads of ingredients and we'd cook together. And my mum is actually a much better cook now. She's kind of, you know, she's, she's of, gotten into it. Because of you? I don't know if it's because of me. I think she's got a bit more time on her hands. You know, she's raising three children. She probably just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Um, so you then you say so you were in you were working in property development and yeah. you realised that that wasn't what Definitely you wanted wasn't to do. Definitely wasn't for me. No. So how did you then segue into catering? I think I sort of got a, I guess a lucky break ish, but I one of the property companies that I was working for at the time was doing launch events for a big property and I asked them if I could cater for them. So I was doing it after work, catering from my home. Um, and the first event I ever catered was for 200 people. And I absolutely loved it. And the company that I was working for also loved it, which was good. So they Who let was the me company? go. Uh, they were a company called Northacre. They did a big development on, uh, on Bayswater Road called the Lancasters, which was this really prestigious development. And, yeah, so I catered for all of their launches there and then um, went part-time with them. So they were great in letting me go part-time. Then I kind of grew my customer base for the... Is that why you were still working as for the property development company? Yeah, exactly. So I was still working for them and then doing catering on the side. And then as soon as the as soon as I was doing enough catering to be able to pay myself, I left and um, did catering for about two years. Um, and then because I was working in a commercial kitchen, the catering was going really well, but the hours were just ridiculous. You know, I was waking up super early. What's a commercial kitchen? So the com- so that's basically not my home. <laughs> so I went from catering. I did a lot of on-site catering, so I didn't have to cater from um, my home. But yeah, as soon as I moved into a proper kitchen, um, that you know, with a big walk-in fridge and you know, five ovens, uh, and where I could actually employ people, that was when I realised I could probably start a more scalable business. So that's when the Detox Kitchen was born. So it's quite proactive, I'd say, of you to sort of chase those companies about the case or anything and quite it shows quite a lot of self-confidence would you say that's something that describes you um yeah I guess so I think probably I think confidence is a very important thing but I think for me it was more I just knew I knew that I could create food that was really delicious so it was more a case of um it was just I had to get in front of the people Mm. so you know I did a lot of cold calling really horrible so and so real persistence Mm. yeah i think i read somewhere that you you had a that you said something about how you just 
just kept calling and calling yeah. people. I basically just wrote a list. I think I had two lists. One list was before Desot's Kitchen. I I basically wrote a list of maybe twenty people that I wanted to cater for. So it was you know all the kind of um, the big fashion brands or the beauty brands. Got in contact with them, and you know I would contact twenty people a week, and from that I'd probably get one lead, and then mm. maybe end up catering for it. Um, so I just continually did that until I kind of raised my profile. Did you always ring back? Bit. If they said no, would you then ring them again? Or would yeah, you... I'd keep them on a list. And then, you know, every time I'd like create a new menu every kind of month and then send it out to them just in the hope that... Because um, I think, you know, it's just timing with things like that. If they're right. doing an event and you happen to contact them so on the day... So persistence is key. Persistence is definitely key. What would key. you say to people who might not feel very confident about what they're doing? How do you find that I confidence? I think you, you have to find confidence in your product. It's the most important thing. Because for me, I'm not a naturally confident person with people necessarily. But because I believe so much in my product, it makes me a lot more confident when I'm talking about it. You kind of hide behind the confidence of your product um, or service or whatever it might be. So that's, yeah, that's really, really important. So how did you... I know you've, you started the Detox Kitchen with a bank loan of £10,000. Yep. Um, how much is it worth today, your company? Oh, God, I've absolutely no idea. Millions. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, um, I mean, we're... Ter- you know, I would never have thought that we would be turning over the amount that we are, but, we're, you know, we're turning over... This year, we should turn over £5 million. Um, valuations are a funny old thing. Yeah. Depends who's valuing them and for what reason. So... You know, I can't really say what it would be. but So you got the bank loan, and then what did you do once you had it? Um, I really wanted to buy a lovely piece of artwork to put in my <laughs> office, but <laughs> um, I used it to fund the website development. Because f- when I started the Detox, it was mainly an online company, so we were just delivering breakfast, lunch, and dinner to people's doors, and all of the ordering was through the website. So it was really important to have a strong website. And what actually, was the thing, can I just quickly ask, what yeah. was the thing that took you from being a catering company to then realizing that there was a niche maybe that you could fill for doing the online delivery service I think um with the catering company I knew it wasn't a scalable business it was always about me you know I did every single event and it's not something that you can I think I probably wasn't passionate about it you know about the kind of offering enough so I always had in the back of my head that I wanted to start some kind of scalable food company And then a friend um, had a baby and she wanted to get back in shape, so asked me to deliver some food to her. And I did. She loved it. And it kind of, the the idea just stemmed from there. Um, And I think at that point, that was sort of five years ago, the diet market still hadn't moved forward. You know, it was very calorie-led. The food was quite boring. It was all quite beige. Um, And I just wanted to create really tasty food, like basic salads that you would make at home, but that would be conveniently delivered to your door. So, um, yeah, it just kind of went from there. I mean, I did it really quickly. I didn't think about it. And I think that's quite an important thing. You know, people often ask, how do you actually get going? And, you know, you just you just go as quickly as you can mm. because the more you think about it, the more you're least likely to do it. So um, I came up with the idea, I think, in November. I um, tested it on friends and family. And then I launched it in March. The website went live in March. So it was a pretty quick process. Um, but I was in a good position because I was catering from a commercial kitchen, so I didn't have to worry about setting all of that up and everything that goes with that. So, And how long did it take to make it into a success? Well, I guess um, it was fairly successful from, from the start, really. You know, we didn't have... From, from the very beginning, we had orders coming through. Um, I think the turning point was probably 
when I employed someone else because it allowed me to focus more on marketing, of getting new customers. Um, whereas, you know, when I first started, I was in the kitchen cooking, delivering the food in the mornings, doing absolutely everything. So, you, you know, for me, it was the first six months were all about product development, getting the product absolutely right, making sure that the quality was right, making sure we had the best suppliers. And then once I could step back from that and I knew that that was worked, then I um, could focus on getting a new customer base. So the first year was, you know, it was a really successful first year, but we didn't, I mean, we turned over 180 grand, so not a massive amount of money. Um, but I definitely proved the concept and definitely had the confidence to think that it would grow fairly quickly. What about celebrity endorsement? Because I read a bit about how, like, yeah. um, I think Gwyneth Paltrow rated, what said she liked the detox kitchen and she might have written something about it on Goop. Yeah. Uh, Elmer Goop was amazing, and... actually. To s- we had two, two pieces that I remember really, really well. So we had a piece in Grazia magazine, which was about Elmer Fierson, um, and a piece, and the Goop piece that... Um, Gwyneth Paltrow wrote about us saying that we were her favourite delivery company in London, which was quite nice. Um, But the the good thing about the celebrity side of things, I think, um, was that it was completely organic. So it wasn't like I was really well connected and gave Gwyneth a quick phone call. Um, That definitely didn't happen. She just found us through um, referral and contacted us and asked if we would deliver to her when she was in London, which we did, and she loved it. And then she wrote about it without us even knowing. Um, and Elle McPherson was sort of the same. Um, she was she was with us for about 18 months, um, pretty much full-time being delivered to, um, and she just loved the product. So for me, that's the most important thing when it comes to celebrities. Like The endorsements were absolutely amazing, but the fact that they were real and they were real customers was such a great thing. Would you thing. say it's worthwhile chasing a celebrity customer? I would, but I would, I would say in the right way. So there's no point, you know, I think celebrities must get things sent to them all the time. Um, and it's only when they really genuinely love a product that they're willing to talk about it. So, you know, if you... If you focus on, you know, I always knew that if I sent Al McPherson or Gwyneth or whoever it might be our product, I knew that they would love it. So it's a combination of both those things. Um, so, yeah, but it definitely helps if you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you sort of expanded and diversified the business uh, quite quickly, I suppose, yeah. because you have the delis and the delivery service and also um a studio like a kind of fitness studio, fitness yeah. studio in the Fitzrovia um yeah. location uh why did you decide to do that first of all so the original model that we had which is for the deliveries was very much online based and I'm not particularly skilled in online anything um and so growing a market online was very new to me um so I kind of for me, it was much more about how can we grow, how can we scale the business in a way that I feel a, a lot more comfortable. And opening delis is, I definitely feel more comfortable. It's a lot more hands-on. You know, you can you can touch and feel everything. So I, um, we first opened in Harvey Nichols. We opened a concession to kind of test the market and also associating yourself with a brand like Harvey Nichols was amazing and great for um, building the the brand. So we. Um, we opened there, we tested... Did to make they sure approach it, you? Or? I actually um, approached them with a bag of muesli in the mm-hmm. hope that they would stock my bag of muesli and they then said, well, actually, we'd quite like you to 
to have a big salad bar. So the idea of having a deli or salad bar wasn't necessarily in my business plan at all. But um, but once we'd tested it and Harvey Nichols and it had worked, then I knew that it was the right thing to roll out. And it's really lovely having two sides of the business. So we've got the delivery side, which is probably slightly... It's more, it's more expensive um, and it's a more luxury product. And then we've got... Um, the delis, which, you know, the idea of them is to roll them out as, as much as we can um, and make healthy eating more affordable. So it's quite nice having that balance of, of, of uh, being um, attainable to everyone, I guess. Um, and obviously you're planning to open more delis yeah. in future. Are there any other plans for the company that you have? So we are writing another cookbook that's the next thing on the agenda um so that will come out next january how is um, it going to be different to your first one which i think was called the detox, detox kitchen bible yeah that's right um so that was um that was a real combination of nutrition and recipes so um the idea with that book was that you could pick it up when you were feeling tired or it was um you know you didn't have much energy or you know any kind of common ailment you would pick the book up and you could look at all the foods that would relate to to that kind of ailment and create recipes to make you feel better. So, you know, I always do things like that. If I'm feeling a bit tired, I'll definitely turn to food to make myself feel better. Um, so that was the idea of that book. This one is a vegetarian cookbook, which is quite scary because it's vegetarian, wheat, dairy and refined sugar free, which is quite, wow. well, it sounds quite limiting, but actually having started writing it, it's not limiting at all. And it's more going to be a sort of celebration of vegetables, I guess. So it's quite an exciting project. Um, that's so exciting congratulations yeah. and then finally before we finish I was wondering if you'd because I'm actually really interested to know what is your favourite meal to cook at the moment um, anything quick <laughs> having a yes, two year old doesn't good. <laughs> um, I love to be fair like this is probably my we're going into autumn so it's one of my favourite seasons so I love um, stews I probably have a stew five times a week Really? Um, I think of stews as being really intensely time-consuming. Oh, no, no. Am I wrong? Yeah, you're definitely wrong. Um, How do you you make a stew? So it's all about the way that you time it when you get home. So as soon as I get home, I will peel a sweet potato or a butternut squash or whatever it might be, the thing that will take the longest. And if a butternut squash takes 20 minutes to cook in a stew, that's how long the stew should take to cook. Right. So you've got 20 minutes. So don't worry with the onions. No one can be bothered with onions. Um... I always put kind of like a quinoa or some kind of, um, you know, brown rice, whatever it might be, in the stew. So it becomes kind of just a really kind of homely kind of, I'm going to say stodgy mess, but that's not really what I mean. (laughs) Um, And then just fill it with loads of vegetables, you know, really quick, easy. Um, So I'll put peas in it, I'll put edamame in it, I'll put... um, you know, loads of spinach in at the end. And then herbs and spices, obviously, are really important just to get the flavour in. Um, lots of lemon juice at the end. So it's really light and delicious, but very um, warming. Mm. Do you put meat in it? Um, I probably eat meat twice a week. Meat or fish twice a week, mm. yeah. But it's my diet's mainly vegetable-based. Mm. Do you eat pudding? Of course. <laughs> Not healthy puddings, though. Like flakes and Kit Kats the best (laughs) (laughs) all right well Lily thank you so much to talking to us it was great to have you that's great thanks very much that was Lily Simpson founder of the detox kitchen talking to me about her big idea 
I'm Danielle Radoichin, and don't forget to subscribe to my big idea for more career inspiration, and also check out the ASOS magazine podcast, These Four Walls Too. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.